welcome to Step Up to the Microphone. It's a great day to be alive. Well, how's y'all's day been? Hopefully you had a great day, great weekend. This is our weekly Keep It Simple episode. We are in Nehemiah chapter 7 and chapter 8. Chapter 7 is kind of slow, a bunch of names and money exchanges and stuff like that but chapter 8 gets good so if you enjoy this get a little value out of it please hit that like and that subscribe button now let's roll so we'll start with a little recap of the first six chapters we got to remember Nehemiah was the cupbearer to the king Artaxerxes he begged or asked that he could go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the wall. On this rebuilding adventure, he was named the governor of the area. He had opposition coming out of all sides, inside and out. But he got it done. They had to sit there and use precarious ways to protect themselves day and night. But they got the job done in a little over 52 days between 52 and 56 days. So now we're gonna get into chapter seven. And let's remember, Nehemiah proved to be a great leader and worked for the people, not for the elites. So let's remember that, he took care of the people, refused the daily, rat, daily food and all the other things that they would give the governors because he wanted to make sure the people were taken care of. So. Let's get into chapter 7. We're going to read out of the Blue Letter Bible. Uh, great app, great website. And we will get into this. We are going to read out of the ESV version today. And remember, we ended last week's reading with the first four verses. We'll go over them again because I feel that's important. Now, when the wall had been built and I had set up the doors and the gatekeepers, the singers and the Levites had been appointed. I gave my brother Hanani and Hananiah, the governor of the castle, charge over Jerusalem, for he was a more faithful and God-fearing man than many. So he trusted Hananiah to do what was right in the eyes of God. While he went out and picked up the people, brought the people back. Great thing to know. He made sure that the people were trustworthy and God-fearing. Just great thing to know. And I said to them, Let not the gates of Jerusalem be opened until the sun is hot. That's very, very, very important. Think about it this way. When it's nighttime, it's nice and cool, right? During the light of day, remember that, the light of day, there's no darkness. So he told them to wait to let people in when the sun sun is hot so he wanted to make sure that there was no riffraff coming in nothing to destroy the city while they are still standing guard let them shut and bar the doors appoint guards from the inhabitants of Jerusalem some at their guard post and some in front of their own homes the city was wide and large but the people within it were few and no houses had been built so they had some people in there but there weren't very many and there really wasn't anywhere to live inside the city of Jerusalem at this point. So he had to go get the exiles. But first, this is cool. 
he found a list of the exiles that came back when they had built the temple under Ezra. So let's just skim over this. I don't want to bore you to death and put you to sleep reading a whole bunch of names. So we'll skim over it. So we can get back into the meat of this, which is chapter 8, which is very important. A very important picture in the Bible. So now let's look at this list of exiles. And this is from the first pilgrimage back to Jerusalem under Ezra. So this is for documentation from 60 years prior. And we'll start in verse 5. Then my God put into my heart to assemble the nobles and the officials and the people to be enrolled by genealogy. And I found the book of the genealogy of those who came up at the first, and I found it written in it. These were the people of the province who came up out of the captivity of those exiles from whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried into exile. They returned to Jerusalem and Judah, each to his own. They came with Zerubbabel, Jeshua, Nehemiah, Azariah, Rami, Nehemiah, Mordecai, Pelshon, Mispereth, Bigvi, Nehem, Benah, the number of the men of the people of Israel, the sons of Parash, 2172, the sons of Shepatiah, 372, the sons of Ara, 652, the sons of Peoth Moab, namely the sons of Jeshua and Joab, 2818, the sons of Elam, 1254. As you see, it's just a bunch of names, a bunch of numbers. But then they get down, they had member Levites, the sons of Jeshua, name, namely of Ketamal, the sons of Hedova, 74, the singers, the sons of Asaph, 148, the gatekeepers, the sons of Shalom, Ater, the sons of Talman, the sons of Akub, the sons of Hatai, sons of Shobai, 138, and there were temple servants, just a whole list of different sons, then the sons of Solomon's servants, very, very, very many. And then we'll get into all this. Also the priest, the sons of Hobiah, the sons of Hakaz, the sons of Barzali, who had taken a wife of the daughters of Barzali, the Gileadite was called by their name. These sought their registration among those enrolled in the genealogies. But it was not found there, so they were excluded from the priesthood as unclean. The governor told them that they were not to partake of the most holy food until a priest with Urim and Thummim should arise. So they didn't have their papers. They didn't have their green card, if you want to call it that, to prove who they said they were. To prove that they were citizens of Jerusalem. So they weren't allowed to do what they wanted to do. Lesson learned right there. Are you seeing the patterns in history? Are you seeing them? There are patterns in the Bible that we could see in modern day history if we open our eyes. So here's the total of the peoples and the gifts. This is verse 66 in chapter 7. The whole assembly together was 42,360. Besides their male and female servants, of whom there were 7,337. They had 245 singers, male and female. Their horses were 736, their mules 245, their camels 435, and their donkeys 6720. Now some of the heads of fathers' houses gave to the work. The governor gave to the treasury 
1,000 derricks of gold, 50 basins, 30 priest garments, and 500 minus of silver. And some of the heads of father's houses gave into the treasury of the work 20,000 derricks of gold and 2,200 minus of silver. And what the rest of the people gave was 20,000 derricks of gold, 2,000 minus of silver, and 67 priest garments. So the priest, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, some of the people, the temple servants, and all Israel lived in their towns. And when the seventh month had come, the people of Israel were in their towns. Now the seventh month of the Hebrew year would be around September, October. That would be the month of Tishri. Remember that. Knowing God's timing is very important. So that's right around the time of the Feast of Tabernacles in the Bible. And we will see that in the next chapter, chapter 8. And if you don't know, the Feast of Tabernacles is one of the major seven feasts of the Israelites. Not just the Jews, but the Israelites that they are supposed to honor every year. They are supposed to be intense for a week to honor God, to remember their exodus out of Egypt. The trip that got them out of slavery from under Pharaoh. And their time at Mount Sinai waiting for Moses to come back with the word of God, with the laws of God. So, that's something maybe we should look at as being Christians. We are technically now Israelites. Maybe we should look into that. Start celebrating these feasts. If you think that might be a good idea to learn about them, let me know. I'd love to learn about them and teach about them. But let's get into chapter 8 and see what happens when the people of Israel come back and have a little Holy Spirit sanctuary filled revival with Ezra. So let's roll on into that now. So I'm going to start by telling you Ezra is going to read the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, the part that Moses wrote, that Moses was a part of, from Genesis through Deuteronomy, Leviticus, Numbers, all that, so they can know the law and watch the reaction of the Israelites when he does this. Pretty cool. You see the Holy Spirit working. The Holy Spirit's there doing what he does. And we see the reverence and understanding because you have to think about it. They had to live through the tyranny of being in the Babylonian and Persian empires due to acts that their father's fathers had made of not serving God. So, we're going to get into this, starting with chapter 8. And this is Ezra doing what he was meant to do, what God had called him to. So, Ezra 8, and chapter 8, verse 1, Ezra reads the law. Here we go. And all the people gathered as one man into the square before the water gate. And they told Ezra, the scribe, to bring the book of the law of Moses that the Lord had commanded Israel. So there we see they asked for them to bring the Torah. They were also in front of the water gate. Think about how symbolic that is. Jesus is the living water. Think how symbolic that is. And they were in unity on this. There wasn't bickering between them about what to do. They wanted to hear the word. They knew they had done wrong in the past. So they wanted to hear what they were supposed to do. So, verse 2. 
So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, both men and women, and all who could understand what they heard on the first day of the seventh month. So again, that would be Tishri, around September, October. And he read from effacing the square before the water gate. From early morning until midday, in the presence of the men and women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. So it wasn't like he's just reading it. Like so, so many teachers read and teach nowadays and the kids don't pay attention because they lo just lose all focus. There was no distraction. They were attentive. They listened. They paid attention. He did this from basically sunrise until noon. Until midday. So as he read it from facing the square of the water gate until midday. See, they took the time, and they were attentive. That's something so major. So often we read the Bible, or we go to church, and we daydream. We don't pay attention. We're not reverent. These people were attentive. attentive. So pay attention to what happens as we go on. And Ezra the scribe stood on a wooden platform that they had made for the purpose. Beside him stood Mattatiah, Shema, Ananiah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Messiah on his right hand, and Pedidiah, Mishael, Mashijah, Hashum, Hashbadanah, Zechariah, and Meshalom on his left hand. Those will be the Levites. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. As he opened it, all the people stood. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. They bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. So they were so reverent that they were basically face down on the ground thanking God. Maybe that's what we need to start doing. I mean, look at all this crazy stuff we've allowed. Maybe it's time for us to do like in Nehemiah chapter 8 and our faces hit the ground and say, Holy, 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 thank you, God. Thank you, Yehovah. Thank you, Yahweh. It's time. It's past time. And I have a feeling it's coming. Just look at all the evil that's going on. We're going to get the shell shock, and this could be coming soon. So let's get into chapter 8, verse 7. Also, Joshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabbatai, Hodiah, Messiah, Kielita, Azariah, Josabad, Hanan, Peliah, the Levites, helped the people to understand the law while the people remained in their places. So, the Levites were out there putting it in layman's terms. They weren't keeping the elite form. They were going to blue collar. You know, sometimes you're sitting there reading something and like maybe Forbes or whatever you're into you don't understand it because it's written at a higher level. Well, Levites were there explaining it to them. Hey, this is what this is saying. This is what that's saying. Do you understand? And help the people to understand. Gave them clarity on what was being read to them in the, in the Torah. And sometimes that's, that's why I like doing this. Because maybe I'm giving you a little clarity in these Keep It Simple episodes. So chapter 8, verse 8. 
They read from the book, from the law of God clearly, and gave, they gave the sense so that people understood the reading. So the people understood what they were being read. Everything was explained to them. How often do we have the Word of God explained to us? Maybe we should do that more in church. Maybe we should start forming small groups and doing this ourselves. That'd be awesome. I feel that one of the major issues with Christianity is we've got to this elite level of you have to understand it. Read the Bible and you should read it this way, that certain way. If you don't understand it, then oh well. Well, maybe we should help people understand it and push that at them getting on their level. Sometimes, you know, we're talking about people that have never been to church in most cases. They don't understand what we're trying to tell them. So, maybe we need to take a book out of Ezra and the Levites here and give them a little understanding, a little street cred 101 on the Bible. Maybe we just should take the time and do that and understand it. It would help so many people. So many people. So let's continue here, Nehemiah chapter 8. And here's one other thing to think about. These people had been in captivity for 70 to 100 years. So all they knew was slavery. And they understood why they were in slavery, because the stories were passed down generation to generation. So they were hungry for the truth, and they wanted to know the Word of God. So let's remember that as we go, go along here in Nehemiah chapter 8. That's something I just remembered. That's something I should have told y'all to begin with. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord Jehovah, your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. So they told them, Don't mourn, don't weep. Yes, you're hearing the law. You understand what you've done wrong in the past, don't weep. It's a new day. It's the day of the Lord. Let's be strong. Let's be glad in it. When he said to them, go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine, and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to our Lord God, and do not be grieved. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Isn't that awesome? He's like, go enjoy yourself. Go have fun. Celebrate God. Celebrate Him. Celebrate Jehovah. Don't be grieved. Be happy. Look, you have a chance of changing things to the way that God wanted them. So let's do it. Quit fighting it and just do it. So often we are grieved and upset and we forget that we should just celebrate the joy of the Lord. So Nehemiah had to just, just let them remember. This is a new day, a new beginning for us. And when you come to Christ, you have a new beginning. Don't worry about your past. Your past is your past. It's been wiped clean. You've come to Jesus. You've repented. It's wiped clean. Don't worry about your past anymore. And that's what this is saying right here in Nehemiah. They didn't have Jesus yet, but he told them, this is a new day. Don't worry about this. We are going to cleanse you. Your sins are, are they're done with. We're doing the sacrifice of the Lamb. Don't worry about it. You're clean. You're holy in the sight of God right now because we're doing the sacrifices as we should. So rejoice, be glad. And Jehovah is your strength. Yes, he had to give them all that to remember. So the Levites calmed all the people saying, Be quiet for this day is holy. Do not be grieved. 
And all the people went their way to eat and drink and to send portions and to make great rejoicing because they had understood the words that were declared to them. So they understood what was said. They were happy. Look, our sins have been forgiven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't that what we want? We want to sit there and be like, oh, thank you, Jesus, for forgiving our sins. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, it gets better because they're going to celebrate the Feast of Booths, or we call it the Feast of Tabernacles now, which is described in Leviticus 23, 33 through 43. And that's something... Uh, I can put a link to it, but that's something we should really look at because, as Jesus said, he wasn't there to do away with the law when he came. He came to enforce it, to make it so. So, maybe that's something we should be looking at. Actually, we should be looking at it, but let's continue. On the second day, the heads of fathers' houses of all the people with the priests and the Levites came together to Ezra the scribe in order to study the words of the law. So they want to study the words now. They heard it, now they want to read it and make sure they had everything clear in their head. Clear in their soul. Just think about it. They repaired the temple, which consider the temple your spirit. Because you've got to remember body, soul, spirit. So now they're want to fix the soul to fix the soul you got to make repairs to it just like they did with the wall so they studied the word so they could understand how to fix the soul and they found it written in the law that the lord had commanded by moses that the people of israel should dwell in booths or tents during the feast of the seventh month and that they should proclaim it and publish it in all their towns and in jerusalem Go out to the hills and bring branches of olive, wild olive, myrtle, palm, and other leafy trees to make booths as it is written. So basically little sheds, little huts for them to live in during that week. Just think about how cool that is. They actually went and followed what God told them to do. So the people went out and brought them in a booth for themselves, each on his roof and in their courts and in the courts of the house of God and in the square at the water gate, and in the square at the gate of Ephraim. So they were reverent to God, and they did what he said to do. This is getting really good, isn't it? You'll see they'll be rewarded later on. And all the assembly of those who had returned from the captivity made booths and lived in the booths from the days of Jeshua, the son of Nun, to the day that the people of Israel had not done so. There was very great rejoicing. So from the time of Joshua... To that day, they hadn't done this. They hadn't followed the book of Moses from Moses' law. They didn't do it at all. This was the book of the law of God, and they just refused from the time of Joshua in the Joshua to then to do it. Do you see the things that happened? They weren't very good, were they? A day, he read from the book of the law of God, and that would be Ezra doing this. They kept the feast seven days, and on the eighth day there was a solemn assembly according to the rule. So they did everything that the book of that the law of Moses told them to do. Everything that God told Moses to tell them to do, they did. You know, you get rewarded when you follow God and do what He says, don't you? If you don't know, then yes, you do. It might be something subtle, something simple, but you get rewarded. So. 
they followed God and did what he said. They learned from their history. It's one of my big things. Learn from history so you don't make the same mistakes. We keep mis making these same mistakes over and over again. When Nehemiah, in his time, made sure the mistakes weren't made again. Of course, later on they make them again, and the Romans come in. But at this time, they weren't being made. And that's so important because if you pay attention to history and you understand it, and you know that you're following the living God, and he said, do this, this, and this, and you don't do it, and you've seen the punishment from not doing it, you kind of want to do it after that, don't you? They were literally sitting in the ruins of Jerusalem from the time of Nebuchadnezzar that they were having to rebuild. So they saw what happened. They understood it. That's why Nehemiah 8 is so important. Because you see... They go from the ways of old that they were doing wrong to the ways of God. And they will be blessed for it. And you're also seeing the great leadership of Nehemiah to make sure this happens. That's something that great leaders do. They understand the past to make sure it doesn't repeat itself. So Nehemiah did that. And he brought back what was supposed to have happened. As you saw in earlier chapters, he was sitting there buying the slaves back and bringing in the Jubilee like he was supposed to. So he was doing everything he was supposed to do according to the book of the law of God, of Jehovah. So when you have a strong leader, people emulate that. They want that. They want to do that. And that's what happened. Great leadership begot great changes and did great things for these people at that time. Well, hopefully you enjoyed this week's Keep It Simple episode. We were in the chapters of chapter 7 and 8 of Nehemiah. And we saw the people coming back, the genealogy, and the reverence toward God because they learned from the past. So if you got anything out of it, then please hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Have a great day. God bless.